Hello everyone and welcome to the Games Are Fun podcast. My name is Luke Armstrong and I am your host. Joining me this week is my co-host Adam Beagle. Adam, how's it going? We're the the eve before PS5. Where are your hype levels at? <laughs> I'm very excited. In roughly 10 hours, I will have PlayStation 5 in hand. Yes. Uh so yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty excited. Yes, I'm super excited as well. I'm doubtful that mine will arrive tomorrow just based on the fact that my uh, order from Best Buy has literally said the same thing from when I pre-ordered it back in September, <laughs> but I am doing my PC build tomorrow, so yes. I do have something to distract myself uh, you know, while you and, and Garrett uh, get their hands on the, the PlayStation, so... Uh, speaking of Garrett, he wasn't able to make today's show. Uh, it was kind of a last minute thing. He had some family stuff come up. So uh, yeah, he wasn't able to make it, but he will be back. Uh, we have a lot of content planned in the next coming weeks for everything next gen. So he's really bummed out. He missed uh, this last episode before before we get our hands on those consoles. But um, yeah, so today's show, we're going to be boarding the hype train for next gen consoles obviously so we thought it would be fun for today's episode to discuss our expectations for next gen you know what games we we're hoping to see in the next couple of years and, and maybe talk about streaming services you know do we think they are a more viable option for people in the future stuff like that so it's it's really going to be a relaxed episode rather than doing big topics news stories that kind of stuff we just wanted to talk about next gen things you know, that we're, we're hoping to see things we're excited for and stuff like that. So that's what today's episode is going to be about. But before we get to all that, there's a couple things we wanted to mention. If this is your first time listening to Games Are Fun, welcome. This is a weekly podcast. Each week, Adam Garrett and myself join together to talk about video game news, trending industry topics, and give reviews on recent game releases. The podcast is available on your favorite podcast services such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. Just search for Games Are Fun on your podcast platform of choice. Today's show is brought to you by the Games Are Fun store, but I will mention that later. One more note before we get into our discussion. Uh, We have a lot of content planned for the coming weeks. Obviously, Xbox Series X is coming, or is here actually, and PlayStation 5 is, by the time you're listening to it, has launched. And so we have a whole bunch of content planned for the future, you know, some review episodes. Uh, We're probably going to do a review episode for Miles Morales, and we'll probably do a PS5 review episode because all three of us, we're getting the PS5. Uh, For Xbox Series X, Garrett is actually getting one. He's the only one out of three of us who's getting it. Um, So I'm going to talk to Garrett and see what kind of content we want to do for the Xbox side of things. But yeah, like this is, I mean, this is the season for gaming anyways, right? The, The fall releases, there's a lot of big games coming up. So pretty much until the end of the year, hopefully we're going to have, you know, a lot of content to, to give you guys and stuff. So that's really exciting. As you know, though, our schedules are constantly changing, so it's really hard for us to plan these things, you know, way ahead of time. We kind of do it in a day or two before, so once we can kind of figure out what our schedules are going to be like, then we'll sit down and and plan out those episodes and, uh, you know, the best place to keep up with our schedule and stuff is going over to our Twitter at GamesAreFunPod. We post when 
new episodes are expected to drop, if there's any delay in episodes, that kind of stuff. So make sure you're following us on Twitter. And yeah, that Miles Morales review, like, I don't know about you, Adam, but I hope to like spend all weekend playing it. And with it not being that long, I'm sure we could probably have it beat by next week. So yeah, based on on what it sounds like playtimes are looking like, I think, uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to shoot to have it beat. Not that I want to try and rush through mm-hmm. it and get it out of the way or anything, but uh, just to uh, experience the game in, in full. Like, I'm just excited to play it, you know? Absolutely. So very excited for that. Like I said, Twitter, that's where we'll be posting. And obviously, we'll probably have another episode up next week that might be able to to give some more details on some of that stuff so all right let's get into talking about next gen so i got i got my beer adam's got his mead he's back in the medieval Mm -hmm. times or something (laughs) yeah it's funny um i was i was telling my wife kelly before i came on the show i'm like you know it sounds like we might be drinking on this one (laughs) i don't really have any beer in the house at the moment um so it was either mead or or white claw and she was like, are people going to know what you're drinking? I'm like, it's a manly drink. The Vikings drank this shit, you know? It's good. Yeah. It's cool. <laughs> I've, is, it, is it homemade mead? No. No? no. Gotcha. I've only... Store-bought. Okay. It's delicious, though. Yeah. I've never had store-bought mead. I think the couple times I've had it... Maybe... Have I had it twice? I've had it at least once, and it was homemade. So, um, you know, that, that kind of changes things, but it's uh it's it meets like sweet isn't it it's i mean i think it depends on sure. on the meat yeah, that you I get guess, this right. one is like a little wine. on the sweeter side but i have had meat before that's a little on the drier right. side so it, it depends on what you get well there you have it folks adam's drinking mead i'm drinking pilsner <laughs> we're ready to celebrate next gen so let's let's get into this topic here so where i wanted to start is we have a lot of regular listeners who are aware of what consoles we got. Um, but let's, you know, I, I'll start off. I got the PlayStation 5 all-digital edition, so the one without the disk drive that was like 100 bucks cheaper, I think, in the U.S. I think is it, yeah. And then 130 Canadian. That's kind of what the exchange rate equals out to. And... Uh, I didn't get an Xbox Series X because, like I said, I'm building a, a computer, and that's a like literally probably four Xbox Series X in cost. So it's like I can't take that on quite yet. And you know, Xbox has that power of being able to play their games on on PC as well. So I'm not, you know, I'm going to be prepared for some of those next gen. And I still got my Xbox One X. But uh, how about you, Adam? What is your plans? Yeah, so I'm I'm getting the PlayStation 5, obviously. We already talked about that. I have my PC built already, um, so I have that good to go. And, and just like you said, I mean, uh, the majority of games that you can play on Xbox are playable on, on PC. And uh, my PC is, you know, roughly on par at the moment, I would say, with these next-gen consoles. So mm-hmm. I just don't feel the need necessarily to go out and get one of the Xboxes. Yeah, no, absolutely. The, the only reason I would see myself getting one is if, like, my Xbox One X is starting to crap the bed and, you know, I'm wanting some sort of Xbox for, like, my living room, right? So that mm-hmm. I don't have to go into my office to play games. Like, if there's a game that 
I want to do couch co-op on or something like that, you know, but that's like such a low priority and I probably wouldn't even pick one up until maybe like the first sale, you know, hundred, 150 bucks off or something like that. Um, right. I might pick one up then, but yeah. So it's not that we, we don't like Xbox. We love Xbox. I mean, this year we've been just going on every other episode about game pass and how consumer friendly Xbox and Microsoft are for, for gamers and stuff. So, um, you know, I just wanted to to mention that because it, it's probably going to seem like we're very PlayStation focused in the coming weeks, but that's, like I said, all three of us have that. So all three of us are going to be able to talk about it. Yeah. And Game Pass is really good about having nearly the same library on PC mm-hmm. as it does on console. So um, really just the, the flexibility of it is, is fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. It honestly, like everything that's on console it seems like mostly console has the the exclusives, right? Some RTS games, Age of Empires, some games that are, you know, built for PC. But pretty much everything I've seen that's on console is on that PC version, too, for the most part. You know, there, yeah. I think there... there was one game. I can't remember what it is off the top of my head now. And I was going to download it on PC, and then I found that it was console only. Mm. I wish I could remember what that was. Yeah. That was just within the past couple weeks. I know that Halo... Master Chief Collection was one that has been, they've been rolling out each game with ports over to the PC. I know your brother has been uh, excited about that. So yeah, Um, so those are the consoles we're getting. Now, games we plan on playing at launch. Now, if you caught last week's episode, that was our question of the week is what is your launch lineup look like? So we kind of shared our answers, but in case you missed that episode, we'll kind of just, you know, tell you anyways. So Adam, which games are you going to be buying tomorrow so uh definitely getting miles morales i haven't decided because i I didn't pre-order it with the console yeah because i wasn't sure what i wanted wanted to do i i don't know i still haven't made a decision if i'm gonna just get the miles morales game or if i'm gonna get the ultimate one which comes with the remastered version of the original game uh that's still kind of up in the air for me uh demon souls i think i'm gonna hold out on um not gonna get that right away um, bug snacks. I'm going to get that. Cause that's going to be a yeah. uh, PlayStation plus game. So that seems like an obvious pickup right there. Um, and then from there it's, it's kind of up in the air because I'm, I'm looking at games like Yakuza, like a dragon and mm-hmm. Godfall, you know, which are both available on, on PlayStation, but those are also both games I'm looking at. Okay. These might be games that I want to play on PC, mm-hmm. uh, because they're not exclusive to, uh, PlayStation. Right. So yeah, I, I still haven't made up my mind. I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm going to get Godfall yet. The uh, reviews have not been great, but every time I look at the game, every time I look at trailers for it or whatever, and I see little, little clips of gameplay, I'm like, this game just looks cool. Mm-hmm. Like it, it looks like it, 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 again, it still reminds me of two human, which is a game that I'm just, I, I loved back in the day on 360. Mm-hmm. And it still reminds me a lot of that. And it's just, I don't know. I, I, I think I'll probably end up getting that. I just don't know what I'm going to buy it on. Yeah, that's that's honestly, I, I'm going to be stepping into that as well now of like, do I want it on PC or do I want it on on consoles? Right there, I, the, Having like multiple platforms, there's always that challenge of kind of 
you know, Wayne, what do I want? And especially with like the switch, right? Um, I think you were saying on your stream last night, uh, remind me of the title of the name against Sakuna? <laughs> Sakuna of Rice and Ruin. Right. And on PS4 and Switch, but like you had mentioned, Switch, it's great because if you wanted to play that like on your couch or in bed or whatever on the go, even though we're not really on the go in this this world right now you know it's nice to have that option so yeah it can be tough like there's so many games that i i i I genuinely struggle with like what platform do i choose because i'm not really someone that cares too much about like graphic fidelity and you know trophies or achievements and linking it to like my certain profiles and stuff it just like you know whatever I mean, it just kind of depends on how, whatever factors I'm weighing, right? So I will say the one thing that I've become a little bit of a snob about since I got a PC is uh, frame rates, right? And just the the noticeable differences that that games have when you're playing on a higher frame rate. So mm-hmm. I mean, most most games that you would be playing on PS4 or you know Xbox One X, those are going to be locked into like a thirty. Uh, 30 frames per second mm-hmm. once you start hitting that 60 frames a second and above it's just oh my gosh i i love how fluid things are and everything mm-hmm. but um as we we're talking about sakuna like that's a game that doesn't really benefit necessarily from being on right. pc like there's certain spots where i could see it maybe getting a little bit better frame rate but for the most part it's run very very smoothly i've had no issues with it mm-hmm. um so and with it being kind of one of those like you know, sort of lifestyle Sims and uh, how much I like playing those just sort of in bed or on the couch or whatever is what ultimately made the decision for me to get it on the switch. Right. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, it, it, it's a toss up sometimes, sometimes you got to make sort of difficult decisions, but yeah, for the most part, because I, I, you know, have the ability to go, you know, up to 144 Hertz on yeah. my or frames a second or whatever on my PC, you know, a lot of stuff is going that way. Now, granted, not every game I play is going to get that depending on what graphic settings sure. I apply. But I mean, I'm pretty much for the foreseeable future, I'm going to be able to hit 60 frames plus, which, um, you know, is great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And obviously with the PS5 coming, that's going to be an increase from the PS4, um, I'm sure people are going to be able to notice that at the, mm-hmm. the quicker load times. But even then, like I have a 4K TV and they've been pushing like resolution and, and the word 4K for so long. But I also my TV's 60 hertz. Right. So like, yeah, it's on, only going to reach 60 frames at a max. So even which is great. Oh, yeah. Don't get if me they wrong. Can hit that. Like it's yeah. That I mean, would, like I said, I've, but... I'm kind of a snob, but like. I'm good with 60. Like, yeah. if it's a solid, consistent 60, I'm good. Yeah. And it, you know, it it, it it depends on the game you're playing. Like you said, you know, if I'm playing Warzone, you know, I, I can see myself probably moving a lot of my first-person shooters that I enjoy over onto PC because I, I know it's going to be a huge struggle at first, but I would like to get good <laughs> at mouse and keyboard. Um, mm. But just having that really high frame rate is incredible with with shooters obviously and so um that's what i'm looking forward to but you know it's yeah it's it's one of those things but 
for myself and what games I'm getting, Miles Morales is a lock for sure. I originally was just going to get Miles Morales because I was like, you know, I platinum Spider-Man. I really have no interest in playing that game again. Um, and will I enjoy it as much after like, I know Miles Morales is a smaller game, but it, it just like, I, it, it's more stylized. And I think it, I don't know. I'm just have, have this expectation that I'm probably going to like enjoy Miles Morales a little bit more. Um, just cause I, I like that character. And like I said, the style that he brings to Spider-Man and mm. so I'm, I'm looking forward to that, but you know, and then when that, there was that story a couple weeks ago that your saves from PS4 wouldn't transfer to PS5 remastered edition which kind of bummed me out because it's like, well, I've upgraded pretty much everything, right? And it would be cool to be able to do the DLC that comes with this Ultimate Edition um, because I never played any of the DLC. So once once they said the saves are uh, can transfer because that broke, I think, a couple days ago, that I was like, okay, well, it's worth the price because I really don't think it's that much of a price difference, like maybe right, 10 yeah. bucks more or something it's like that. It's pretty small. Yeah, so it's like I'm getting this game, and also I have Spider-Man Four on, or Spider-Man Four. I have Spider-Man on PS4 on a disc, and I no longer have a disc drive on my <laughs> on my console. You know, I could boot up the PS4, but that no one's gonna want to do that once I I turn on my PS5, right? Like, so it would be nice to have a digital copy of that game because I think that's really the only physical game that and Death Stranding that. I own that isn't a part of that PC or not PC P S plus um, collection or whatever that has like the 15, 20 games with it. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. So getting that one and then Assassin's Creed Valhalla was actually going to be a game I was going to wait for because I was going to buy cyberpunk next week. But when cyberpunk got <laughs> delayed, I was like, well, we can pull the trigger on that. So yeah. Um, yeah and Megan, is a huge Assassin's Creed Odyssey fan. She 100%ed it, so she's really excited for Valhalla. So, um, yeah, when I'm, I'm sure we're going to be trading off when I'm playing the PS5. She'll be on the new PC, and then she'll be playing Valhalla, and I'll be checking out my PC. So it's a good, yeah. good trade off there. Nice. Yeah, I do want to uh, just what you're mentioning too about owning the physical disc of. Uh, Spider-Man. I guess I, I might have forgot to mention this earlier is that I, I'm getting uh, I did order the disc version of the, the right. PS5. So I'll be able to play games that I have the disc for. Funny thing about Spider-Man, though, is that I lent that to my brother, Stephen, uh, you know, Lordly King S. Dot. <laughs> oh, gosh. How long ago was that at this point? Uh, maybe beginning of this year or maybe it was this time last, last year, year that I lent it out to him. And I don't. I don't think I'm ever getting that game back. I gotta stop lending him games because <laughs> I. Uh, what did, I lent him? I think it was Assassin's Creed Origins, and it took me probably about a year before I saw that game again. So <laughs> I gotta stop lending his yeah. ass Come my on, games. Steven. But but and I found out then, or at least I, I don't know. I don't know for sure. I didn't vet this, but uh, when I was talking about it in my stream last night, someone had mentioned that the using the PS4 version doesn't get you the remastered version of spider-man correct so, yeah 
uh, maybe that was you that told me then I'm, I can't remember. Um, it was, it was just a blur of fun last night. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, so yeah, I mean, I guess just for the re like the remastered version alone. Um, and again, because it's like 10 bucks more, like I'm kind of leaning towards that ultimate version Mm because then at least I have the option. Yeah, exactly. And then I don't have to worry about getting that disc back, but, um, because I'm probably not going to see it again at this point. Um, yeah, no, that, that's so. that's fair. Did you play the DLC on for Spider-Man? No, I, I didn't. And I have always wanted to. So maybe whenever they do finally get it working where you can use your old saves, maybe that, that would be a good time to kind of jump back in yeah. and complete some of that content. No, for sure. And for those trophy hunters out there, there there is a, basically all the trophies on ps5 through this remaster version and if you got the platinum on spider-man you know that it's a fairly easy platinum um it takes a little bit of time to grind everything out but uh so you if you platinum that you could essentially get another platinum trophy by just doing Mm. the same thing with remastered i'm probably not going to do that honestly because that was just (laughs) like a little ridiculous like i felt the same way with ghost it was like cleaning up stuff and it's like okay yeah i did six fox runs in a row and it's like okay this fox was cute the first time but the eighth time i'm like you can go to hell fox like just leave (laughs) make it an easy fox den to find (laughs) yeah i remember that the last trophy i needed in spider-man to get the platinum was to uh you had to defeat the what was it like the gang you would have like the little gang missions that would pop up yeah and I had to go around and mm, complete yep. <laughs> so many of them for each little section of the city. And so the the fastest way I figured was to, you know, clear it out, fast travel to another area, fast travel back, and that would usually respawn one of the one of the missions. Right. Yeah. And at the time, you know, there you know, the, the loading screens were fairly long. So I was sitting there waiting uh so much time for these, you know for me to, to go back and forth for these things to pop. Sometimes they wouldn't too. And I'd have to, you know, just kind of screw around floating around the city until one finally popped up. But, Mm -hmm. um, so it is comforting to know that if I did go for that again, it probably wouldn't take as long because the loading screen should in theory be way, way faster. So. Yeah, definitely. You mentioned bug snacks, which I haven't said publicly yet, but, or yeah, we tweeted it out. I, I was able to actually get a code for bug snacks on PlayStation 4. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that was really cool. I, I only got it like two days ago and I've only played about an hour. Um, so I, the, the hope was to, to get more time into it so that I could even do maybe even a little side episode that was totally devoted to that before the game launched. Um, but I know there's lots of you that are still going to be waiting for their PS5s. And so at the end of the show, I'm going to give some brief impressions of the game. Um, I, the, yeah, it's, it's really fun. Like it's really ridiculous, um, which would not be a surprise to anyone who's seen the trailers for that game. But yeah, I, I'll talk about it more at the end of the show, but I think people are going to really like it. So, um, yeah, so that, that that's I guess our launch lineups. Um, for, uh, you mentioned Demon Souls too. That is a game that I actually am quite interested in, um, even though I'm not a, a Souls player. But I, I think I mentioned several episodes ago that with Bloodborne being on that 
PlayStation Plus collection, I think that would be like a good intro. Because I played Bloodborne, I played Dark Souls, but I didn't play enough Bloodborne because I just, I don't know, I was not in the mood for that kind of game of just <laughs> like something super punishing. And so um, I think I, I think I'd be ready for that. And I think I want to play Blood through Bloodborne, even though they're not connected in any way, but just as like a a challenge for myself and then it's like if i can get through bloodborne then i'll you know spend the actual money on demon souls because i don't want to you know buy a game that i'm ultimately <laughs> play a couple hours it's like man i really don't like this kind of game right <laughs> so um, yeah i'm yeah. excited for that i'm I'm glad that bloodborne is going to be part of that collection mm-hmm. um it'll be great to see you know a lot of people that maybe didn't play it you know uh when it launched, but now that these games are starting to become a little bit more mainstream, you know, getting more people into that, it was uh, really one of my my top games of the generation mm-hmm. and and maybe even all time. I love Bloodborne so much. Um, so, I mean, it's something that, you know, I, maybe even I would get, you know, maybe try it again. Right. Um, try and get through. I'm sure my, my skills have greatly decreased <laughs> since I, I played it last, but... I was getting pretty good. I, I played through it a whole bunch of times, did several new game pluses with it and was able to clear it pretty quickly. Not, you know, may, maybe not in speed run territory, but maybe if I had stayed with it, it could have been, you know, something like that. But mm-hmm. um, gosh, it's just so much fun. So I'm I'm so glad, you know, or really hoping that more people give it a chance now that it's part of that collection. Yeah, definitely. And I know that a lot of big fans of Bloodborne really wanted that, ps4 pro patch right because that was a game that there was lots of like exclusives that got that like upgrade to hdr and everything like that Mm -hmm. um but bloodborne for whatever reason never got that and so it was a earlier gen game but i mean there was there's lots of early gen games that got ps4 pro support so um just being able to play that game and i don't know if how that worked like if it can run in 60 frames per second i'm assuming so but that would be really, really awesome to play that game through, um, you know, with higher frame rates and such. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yeah, obviously a lot of really fun games to look forward to. Um, there's no denying that the PS5 has actually a really stellar launch lineup with everything that's coming this week. And, you know, there's going to be more games um, even coming at the end of the year, right, with uh, Cyberpunk. I mean, Call of Duty Cold War, if that's your cup of tea, is just around the corner here too. So, um, yeah, like, it's it's a really good launch lineup, way better than, I think, PS4 and um, Xbox One had. So, speaking of games, I wanted to maybe talk about a little bit of, you know, announced or unannounced games coming in the next couple of years that we are excited for and what I mean by unannounced is maybe games that are in the rumor mill or games that we are just hoping are coming in the next couple of years. So, um, yeah, to, I'll, I guess I'll start us off with, I'm actually really looking forward to Ratchet and Clank. Um, oh yeah. Rift Apart, which is first, first party game Insomniac, Insomniac. Um, I mean, everyone knows Ratchet and Clank, but the, for those of you who never played the game in what was it 2015 the one on ps4 
Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, yeah, 2015 or yeah. 2016, something like that. Er- earlier gen, the first couple of years there, it was actually such a fun game. Like mm-hmm. it was the first and only Ratchet and Clank game I've ever played because I was more of a Jack and Daxter guy uh, back <laughs> in the day. And yeah, that game was such a fun time. And I actually considered like platinuming it because I beat the game and I was like, well, I kind of want to keep playing because this is like a, a fun platformer. I'm having a lot of fun with it. And yeah, when they showed off that game at that PlayStation 5 event and they were showing that the the fast load times, that's the whole, you know, shtick with that game. I I thought it looked really, really fun. And I'm l- looking forward to a game like that, um, you know, kind of uh, a game that's not taking itself super serious, something that's fun, family friendly, uh, just something you can throw on. Um, I, I, I mean, we do have Astro Bot. Um, coming on the PlayStation 5 and then there's Sackboy but Ratchet and Clank like I I like that that game and that uh, the gameplay mechanics and that going into the different universes looks like such a fun time so uh, I guess the question is when it's going to come out because they still haven't actually announced a release date I don't think right yeah but they did say launch window so maybe by March so a couple more months right yeah, I'm kind of thinking it's like a Q1 type game, you know. Um, yeah, by the end of March, I would say at, at the yeah. latest that we would see that. For sure. And yeah, like like you were saying, I mean, these games are just so much fun and uh, quirky, funny. You know, the weapons are silly. And like mm-hmm. you said, it doesn't take itself seriously. There's tons tons of humor spread throughout. Yeah. And but... On top of that, this looked like a game, and I I know I'm not the first to say this, but it looked like a game that looked like it was really built for the PS5. Yes. Like it's really taking advantage of all the different things that the PS5 can do with the, the load times, you know, with the switching worlds or dimensions or whatever. And then uh, you can really clearly see the ray tracing in that. And, you know, so it's things like that that it just feel like it was really built, tailor-made for the mm-hmm. PS5. Um, and it looks... Yeah, it looks great. It'd be beautiful, too. Yeah, no, absolutely. The, I mean, even the one on PlayStation 4 was... I guess they could get away with it because they're not going for those, like, realistic Super graphics, realistic, right? Yeah. But, yeah, that game looked good, and so this one looks, like, phenomenal. So, uh, how about you? What's a game that you're looking forward to? Uh, as far as announced games, I would say uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two or whatever they're going to call that. <laughs> yeah. Um, just cause, you know, I'm a fan girl for that. Um, Final Fantasy 16. It's another mm-hmm. one. When do you, uh, when, so, do, when, when do you think we'll get that one? Oh boy. Uh, I'm going to say 2022. Mm-hmm. Hopefully early 2022. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think 2022 is like the first date that you're going to put on it. And yeah. will it launch then? Who knows? That's, I mean... Yeah, I feel like if it were going to be 2021, they would have given us that when they revealed it. I think think we would have seen that date already. So, yeah, I don't think it's going to be next year. I think it'll probably be the year after. But, yeah, I'm going to be all in on that game when it comes out. Uh, Returnal is another one I thought looked looked really cool. House Marquee Um, title. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, that looked a little on the weird side, but it looks – I'm interested. I'm very intrigued by that. Um, what else was it? Uh, Kenna, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits 
looked pretty good. And I think that is that was going to be in the launch window as well, but that got pushed back to mm. next year. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. But that's one of those games that it's also going to be available on PC. So, you know, I might have to think about <laughs> which which device I'm yeah. going to get it for when it does come out. But um, and then as far as, you know, maybe something that's not announced and I'm kind of kind of torn on this. I want to say Bloodborne 2 just because I love the first one. But right. on the other hand, it's like, okay, should it just stay what it is because it's basically perfect as is? Sure. Like, if they make a second one, is it going to live up to the original? Is it just going to be like, you know, or is it going to get phoned in? That sort of thing. So um, on the one hand, in on paper, it seems like it'd be a really great idea. And I'd really, I mean, I would, I would get it either way for sure. But uh, it just seems like it, it's one of those things where like it doesn't need a sequel, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I mean, with Demon Souls, I I, I see it. It could get a, a sequel, but I think we're gonna have to wait a little bit longer if if FromSoft, yeah, because they got know, Elden Ring they're working on exactly, too, so. yeah, and and I'm sure games that we don't even know exist right now, so. Couple other games I wanted to mention is Resident Evil Eight. I'm a big fan of horror, big fan of Resident Evil games, and I really liked Seven quite a bit. And Eight is continuing on with that first-person perspective, and it uh, it's called Village, so it's kind of very reminiscent of Resident Evil Four. So I'm excited for that one. Uh, Pragmata looks really interesting. Oh, that yeah, Capcom game, that one. yeah. yeah. Uh, sort of Death Stranding look alike. Yes, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> definitely giving Kojima vibes on that one. So I'm totally in, of course. And Little Devil Inside was a game from oh, that yeah. event that I just thought looked really cool. Um, and then two things that I need to accomplish at some point next year is I need to beat God of War. <laughs> oh yeah for sure because i i think i was like three quarters the way through like i would i had played a lot of it so i know a lot of the game but um there's i still don't know how it ends or like you know any of the final moments so i need to play that game because ragnarok is you know supposedly coming next year and so obviously i need to play it and also just because like that is one of the best games of all time um according to several people so mm. i need to have that uh under my belt as a game yeah. that i've completed right definitely so, gotta beat that yeah i'm a little ashamed to be honest when i tell <laughs> it was one of those things where i really like i didn't stop playing it because i disliked it right it was one of those things where like i, I moved to another game where there was a new release coming out um or whatever the case was and because i didn't also get it at launch um i can't remember why i i yeah it was just one of those things that or i i think i had just gone on my ps or came in 2018 so yeah i would have had my ps4 for a whole year before that can i don't know i have no excuse i just <laughs> you know i deserve any hate that comes my way because i know that it is a fantastic game so that one and then obviously the other big i a franchise rather now horizon uh, forbidden yes. west because that game looks phenomenal and i really enjoyed the first one but it is mm. one of those big open world games right so i same thing started playing something else fell off of it and then it 
you know, month after month went by and I just got so removed from that game's story and what was going on. And I tried to go back and I was like, I'm confused. And it sucks because I, I <laughs> it sucks when you have to start over a game like that because like, especially open world, like I put hours into it of like yeah. exploring and crafting and looting and doing all sorts of things. And, you know, but there's, there's fun in doing that again because my playthrough will always be different, right? And which, what I do and what I prioritize and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely want to beat that. And I was actually quite interested in Horizons Zero Dawn's story. I don't, I'm not sure how its story was received, but I personally enjoyed it. So it was a very good story. Yeah, I'd like to see it through to the end because I, uh, I had like my theories of where it was going. So it'd be interesting to see uh, if now I was that right was or a- not. That was a game that I sort of almost dipped out of, not because I wasn't having fun or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it does have a pretty large open world, yeah, decent amount of things to do and see in there. And it was sort of one of those games where it just kind of at one point just sort of got overwhelming. And then mm-hmm. I think there were other games that were, oh, yeah, uh, uh, Breath of the Wild was, was coming. Um, oh, yeah. So I, I kind of got to a point where I just sort of, you know, did the the mainline story for it. Mm -hmm. So I never did get the platinum on it. I didn't do everything. I did do a, I I mean, I spent a substantial amount of time. I actually, um, I ended up getting the flu, uh, the week that that came out. So I was, I was out of work. I had it really bad too. I was out of work that whole week. Um, and yeah, I just basically played horizon zero dawn (laughs) the whole time. I just laying, laying on the couch, playing horizon, Uh, sick as hell, but um, just in, enjoyed the game so much. But because of that, I was able to get it completed before Breath of the Wild came out. So. Oh, nice. I know a lot of people weren't able to do that. And it was, yeah, yeah that exact same story of Breath of the Wild came out and that game was just like, it, it's dead. like, I, <laughs> I knew if I didn't beat it before Breath yeah. of the Wild, I would never finish it. Oh, totally. And I'm really glad I did because yeah. it's, it's a great game, but uh, Breath of the Wild's better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we've been talking PlayStation. If we're over on the Xbox side and Nintendo side, I am really looking forward to Halo Infinite because it's been a while since we've had Halo, and I I am very worried about that game. I mm-hmm. I know that they're taking they delayed it, and it sound it sounds like it's coming out. They haven't or did they put a no? There's no actual release date. It's just 2021 still, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, but there a lot of people are kind of thinking it could even be fall, right? Like a whole year of a delay. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be fine. Cause you know, there, that's not the first game that that's ever happened to like a, a complete year. Um, you know, it's like right off the bat. I, I prefer that approach, honestly, as opposed to the, Oh, it's coming out three months later and then three months come by and it's like, Oh, it's coming out another three months later. Right. Cause it's like, you get excited. Cyberpunk. Cyberpunk. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, a bit of last of us this year that happened yeah. too, but, uh, thankfully it wasn't too much, but yeah, like red dead redemption Two had that happen to it. Right. It was supposed to come out, I believe in 2017 and they just delete delayed it in a complete year. So, um, that game turned out really great. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad they're taking more time to work on it because, sure, there was some stuff that looked a little rough and people were a little concerned with that showing that it had this year. But, I mean, 
I don't know. There's just been a lot of like development issues uh, mm-hmm. that have been in the press and stuff. Uh, creative directors coming and going and bringing on different people on the project. And when there's not that consistency, right, that, that makes people nervous because it's, mm-hmm. it's going through many hands and that can totally affect that game, right? So they, they have to knock it out of the park, though, because yeah. if they don't, it's just like Halo's going to be dead unfortunately right yeah i mean this is a huge huge franchise for them and you know i know people i didn't play five but i know people were kind of down on the story for that one and uh people were feeling a little down on the story for four i thought four was i thought the story was fine on four but i know a lot of people didn't didn't care for it and so they really have to they have to make sure that this game is damn near perfect when it comes out. And, yeah. you know, they gave us the little showcase and there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of feedback, you know, especially on the graphics for what they showed. And, you know, I mean, I guess I get it, uh, on my end of it, I'm thinking, okay, this, it looks fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it maybe like it's Halo. not the greatest looking game ever, but it looks fine. The yeah. gameplay looked fun. So, you know, I, I was, I was into it. Um, and then they, you know, a lot of feedback and a lot of negativity around it. So they decided to push it back, which, you know, ultimately is probably the right thing to do, but it comes at the cost of not having a heavy hitting launch game, which, you know, I think a lot of people were worried about, but now we've seen that these things are selling out before, uh, everyone that wants one can get one. So, um, just goes to show that they're. You know, they still have enough of a fan base. They're still selling plenty of these, yeah. these consoles. And so I thought I don't for, think they have too much to worry about. Yeah. I thought for sure that they would, when they said that they were delaying it, because I was like, oh man, like that was like something that I'm sure was going to push a lot of consoles. But yeah, they, they still sold out. Um, and I, not, not to like pick on Xbox, but when, with like they really don't have a launch lineup of exclusive games or anything. Yes, they have Game Pass and there's lots of games to play, but like it's not what PlayStation is doing with like here's a next gen console with like next gen games that are utilizing mm-hmm. this system's hardware. Um, yeah, I can play all these Game Pass games and they're going to load and it's going to be an incredible experience and everything, but. The, the software is a crucial part of these things. And when when they said that, I thought for sure that, oh, Xbox is going to like have a hard time pushing pushing sales this fall. But they, you know, I, I, I was wrong, right? They, they, those pre-orders I had checked and they were available a lot longer from at least the Canadian retail sites than the PlayStation was, but they still were sold out fairly quickly. Um, yeah, I think after I refreshed after an hour, they were gone. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I think the next or the first exclusive that we're going to get from them is what? The Medium in January? Got, yeah, then that got delayed, right? Because it was supposed to come out uh, as a launch title. But yeah, that will be the first one, which I, as a horror fan, am excited for. But, um, you know, it's... It's also Bloober Team, I, I believe, is the studio behind it who did yes. Layers of Fear, which are really good horror games, and Blair Witch, which was meh in my opinion. So, but mm. they they know horror, so 
but again, horror is not everybody's cup of tea. So when you have an exclusive yeah. that is a very niche genre, yeah, it's, it's not, not that speak as loud, big right? heavy hitter like Halo would have been. Yeah, exactly. But I think do, uh, them teaming up with Sega and uh, you know with Yakuza, that's like a a big win for them because Yakuza was always associated with PlayStation mm-hmm. and them getting those games on game pass and having yakuza 7 um on like it's not it's on playstation 5 as well right but it yes like the marketing is all associated to xbox i could see it coming to game pass down the road um i could also see them doing some sort of thing when whenever these licensing deals of the the rest of the games being on playstation maybe expire I could totally see them porting them all over to Xbox, just like they did with uh, Zero and uh, all the way to Kiwami 2, doing that and then having Yakuza as like maybe an Xbox kind of franchise. That would be, I think that would be a, a smart move on their part because that's a game and a genre that isn't, it's more PlayStation, right? A, a JRPG kind of <clears throat> brawler type game, right? So, yeah, I think that would be a good move on them their part. But yeah, they, they just... They don't like they have some stuff, but we're gonna have to wait. Like obviously, Fable. Um, we have a new Forza right. game coming. If you like Forza games, all uh, the new Bethesda games that are yeah, on like the way. that's gonna be huge, right? Like Xbox is playing the long game, and so they might not have this beautiful launch lineup like we're seeing from PlayStation. But you know, the I they're they're obviously not concerned by that. They know what they're doing, and I'm glad that they're committing to it. That that gives me. It makes me trust them, right? Like that they, they're not backing down on decisions they're making. They're like, this is what we're doing. This is a, the path they've been doing for the last two years of acquiring studios. You know, what is the initiative going to come out with? Is it a perfect dark game? Um, you know, there's lots of stuff for Xbox on the horizon, just not, you know, this year. So um, briefly, I actually, we'll talk a little bit about, or I guess that's our next kind of point here is Nintendo and talking about what they could have planned for you know 2021 and 2022 because to finish off the year all they have is so they they launched pikmin 3 which was a port from the wii u and that's out and available and then hyrule warriors age of calamity is like sometime this month right like in the the 20th yeah yeah, so next week. And and they had the Crown Tundra DLC for Pokemon Sword and Shield. Yeah, yeah. But that's about it for yeah. that we know <laughs> of. I mean, like, I don't see... The only thing I could see them, because Nintendo is one of those things that's, like, has a track record of being, like, announced and it's here, basically, right? I don't see it's happening because the weeks, like, we're, we're only kind of, like, you know seven eight weeks left of the year so but that uh new pokemon snap game i i have it on my fantasy critic so i was like (laughs) fingers crossed that like in the next couple weeks they'll be like hey this is coming like december 28th or something like that so that they squeeze it out there but uh yeah weird weird year for nintendo that's something that has been weird but what do you think is going to come in 2021 are we going to get bayonetta three are we gonna get metroid prime four like when's breath of the wild two happening dude i honestly don't know i uh (laughs) 
they've been so silent this entire year. I mean, they were they were just so comfortable resting on their laurels with uh, with Animal Crossing because that just did like absolute gangbusters oh, for yeah. this year. It was Big insane. Time. Their consoles were selling out all over the place. They didn't have to do anything. True. Um, so I think they were content to just kind of take the year to you know do whatever. So hopefully they've been hard at work Preparing, getting development yeah. done on all these games that we've been waiting for for a while. Do I think we'll see Bayonetta, Breath of the Wild 2, and Metroid Prime 4 next year? No. Uh, I don't think Although it's that would be, be really that. cool. <laughs> yeah, could you imagine? Like, that would be a, a pretty Insane. big year for Nintendo. Although, you know, we've heard these rumors that they have, like, a Switch Pro or, or whatever you want to switch to, whatever the terminology is for it or whatever it's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of rumors this year that it's coming next year and maybe fairly early next year. Mm-hmm. So uh, if that's the case, it maybe wouldn't be surprising to start seeing those big titles pop up uh, to go along with, with the updated system, you know, uh, Mario Odyssey two has been, you know, kind of rumored for a little while now. Mm-hmm. So um, I think there's, potential to see a really 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 big year for nintendo next year if they can you know deliver all these games and if they do come out and say hey metroid prime 4 is coming we know that metroid prime trilogy has been a thing for a while that just never seems to want to get released (laughs) yeah um so you know we, we could end up getting that so there's a lot of opportunities and you know i'm sure they'll probably have some new ips that they throw out as well because they're uh really good even if they don't all hit the mark you know that nintendo is really good about uh developing and publishing new ips so uh, it'll be interesting what what we get from those yeah and then also you know whatever indie developers they're working with i'm sure there's going to be a lot of cool indie games uh still waiting for hollow knight silk song to get Right. some sort of release information which would be really cool but yeah i think it's all gonna hinge on whether or not there's a uh hardware refresh next year which i think we'll probably see yeah i mean if they don't release a new switch next year i i if they're doing that in 2022 like i i don't think they'll fall behind because like they're nintendo right they're not really <laughs> i mean they're always behind they're always behind exactly it. but I feel like they'll they'll not be as as much of a conversation as they have been since the Switch launched in 2017. Like Nintendo has been part of the conversation more during the Switch lifespan so far than they have been since the Wii, basically, right? right. Yeah, pretty um, much. Which would be 2006 or whatever. So, um, yeah, it's uh, I I do think that that would now uh, let me ask you this. So if a pro whatever the switch to switch pro whatever you want to call it comes out next year let's say spring to middle of the year or even in the fall um are you like for sure gonna buy it no matter what or does it depend on what they're including because for me a switch pro would obviously be higher frame rates higher resolution um i would love something that has a better battery um, not that the switch battery is absolutely horrible, but you know, obviously that would be a place they could improve something, maybe, uh, a bigger screen in some sort of way, removing that bezel, you know, making it look more like a modern smartphone is with like literally no bezel around it. Um, 
like what are you sold no matter what or would they have to do some significant upgrades to it for you to be a buyer on launch day um so i i think i'm gonna get one either way just mostly because the fact that my current switch is sort of dying on me it seems uh i think the battery is swelling on it it's causing the back plate to sort of separate from the rest of the system mm. and the uh, there were some sort of plastic dividers that sort of helped to protect the uh the heat sink or the vent or whatever it is up right. top and those those broke off uh so now that that vent is exposed uh the fans are starting to get kind of loud um especially when i first turn on the system and start doing stuff with it so i i, I think it's kind of uh maybe starting to fall apart here so i, I think just because of that uh, I, I definitely want to get a new one. I was going to get that sort of refresh that they had, what was it, earlier in the year where they had like slightly better battery life mm -hmm. and they put it in a different color box or whatever. I thought about getting one of those, but then I started hearing the rumors about the potential, you know, Switch Pro or whatever it's going to be called. Right. So I've just been trying to uh, get by with the one that I have. But yeah, when that thing comes out, I'm sure it's just going to be impossible to find like every other piece of hardware that's been coming out lately but um yeah as soon as i can get my hands on one i'm, I'm gonna yeah no same here especially because it's nintendo it's the switch i mean the switch when it first launched it unless you had pre-ordered one like it was hard hard to get one yeah um mm -hmm. i had i'd never pre-ordered one because i wasn't planning on getting one at launch but even then like a couple months later when I decided I wanted one, it was still, I had to wait <laughs> until I could actually find one that was available. So, uh, yeah, like I, I too will more than likely get that upgrade also. Cause I, you know, with us doing this, making this content on a regular basis, I, I, it's a great excuse to make it of like, Hey, I need to go and spend money <laughs> right. on this stuff. Cause it's for the, it's for the podcast. It's for the show. Right. But yeah, no, it like Megan really likes the switch too. And so it actually would be beneficial to have two devices too. Um, you know, just for that sake. Cause, uh, yeah, like there, there's this, a handful of games where it's been like, we're both playing the same game and, you know, we only have one console, so we have to trade and, and negotiate that kind of stuff. So, but my switch on the has unlike yours has it's still doing quite well I, my only complaint is that there's like permanent handprints that just <laughs> are stuck on it like yeah. i know it collects handprints but like literally it's like almost in part of like the <laughs> the material now like it's like a like a pattern design cuz it's like <laughs> that thing is just a, a magnet for for handprints but other than that like i have no complaints over it um i didn't have Joy-Con drift, but I got that replaced for like ten dollars. They replaced it for so. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I really have no complaints on my hardware kind of starting to break down. But it would just be nice to kind of have something that. Honestly, the biggest thing is like, I know this sounds silly, but I really don't hate the bezel. Like it's it's pretty thick <laughs> on how much real estate it takes up on the screen, and I feel like it would just be like, you know. 50% more immersive if it could just have a bit of a bigger screen and just mm -hmm. if it did a higher resolution did a better frame rate it would just be like oh my gosh it'd be incredible right I would probably start buying 
Cause, and uh, the, the hardware does have its limits, right? There, we've seen lots of studios port games over onto the Switch, but they're not great. I mean, the Outer Worlds did not look good. Witcher 3 <laughs> did not look good. Uh, some of the earlier ones like Skyrim and Doom got by, but I mean, Skyrim's a last-gen yeah. game and right. Doom is a first-person shooter, so it's not like there's too many systems going on there. But uh, I think it's getting harder and harder for developers to do that because Doom Eternal is a good example, actually, of a game that was supposed to come to Switch and for whatever reason, it's it got it's like indefinitely delayed. Uh, it's just still not on Switch and probably never will be because it's just like it's too hard to run these games now on that hardware. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not enough. So it was enough for, you know, three years ago, but it's getting tougher and tougher. So I think it's it's it would be a good move for Nintendo because I know that they can optimize their games and Breath of the Wild, you know, uh, Animal Crossing, Super Mario Odyssey, Mario Kart, like those are games that they can optimize because they they're the ones de- that develop the hardware and um they have the, the unlimited amount of funds to to kind of put into those projects but you know if they want to continue third party support they're they're going to have to to keep up otherwise they're going to be like oh it's not worth it and it's just going to be the same thing that happened to previous Nintendo consoles of we don't have these AAA games that the other ones have right so I I think also Breath of getting back to talking about some of those games, I think Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever it's called is it's got to come out next year because I I do see it as this the the comparison of like Ocarina of Time Majora's Mask to Breath of the mm-hmm. Wild to whatever this game is because it's the same engine, the infrastructure is already there, it's not like they're building a game from the ground up. Um so that I think that's why we got it teased as early as we did. Um, what was that? 2019, you know, two, yeah. two years after the first game launched. So um, they wouldn't have done that unless they were confident that it would come sooner rather than later. So, uh, but being at a three and Metro prime four, I just, I don't even know mm-hmm. what's going on. I know that Metro yeah. prime four did have uh, some development shakeups of moving it to studios. Um mm-hmm. But Bayonetta 3, I don't know what's what's going on with them. Because that was, I think, announced the earliest out of these games, maybe? Yes. Yeah. And still, like, not even a trailer. We still just... Uh, I think. Or did Metroid Prime 4 get shown It's first? possible Metroid Prime 4 got announced at that E3, and then Bayonetta 3 was announced at the Game Awards that same yeah, year. Yeah, right. But that was, like, 2017 wasn't it yeah it's been it's been a while (laughs) (laughs) so yeah and i mean even what was it uh, shin megami tensei 5 which was announced at their unveiling basically the con that live event that they had to officially announce the switch shin megami tensei was one of the uh was one of the games that they showed it was Mm. just you know like a cinematic trailer or whatever and that thing's still MIA. Like right. we don't I don't know that we know when that's coming out soon. I know they just I don't know if it was this year. I know there was a new trailer for it that got put out. I mm. think there might be. I think it's coming out next year. Um I can't remember for sure. I might have to look that look up. But, it, yeah. Um But yeah, I know that that is on its way, but that was literally one of the first games to get announced and we're still waiting on that thing. Yeah. 
So we talked a bit about games. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about features. So the big thing with next gen is not so much this jump in graphics and how these games look, but it's more about the performance, right? Higher frame rates, faster loading times, um, being able to suspend the games, or at least on Xbox's side, right, with the quick resume, and, you know, just giving more features that make games quicker and more enjoyable. Not, not so much look more realistic and powerful like we've seen with, you know, several gen console gen um changeovers so is there any features that you're really looking forward to trying out for yourself and are there any features that maybe you they haven't necessarily announced but maybe a couple years into these console life life cycles like they're going to update with some new features is there anything you wanted to mention well, as far as the, of what I'm most looking forward to feature-wise, it, it's got to be the quick loading times. Um, I, I think I've been saying that for a while that that's been kind of mm-hmm. the kind of the main thing I'm looking for. Now, granted, you know we are going to see some you know graphical improvements from last gen to this upcoming gen, but um, oh, yeah. it's not as big of a leap, I would say, as you know previous console mm-hmm. changes. Mm-hmm. So the addition of the the load times like just reducing those down to next to nothing i think is going to be huge it's getting people into the games as quickly as possible uh you have the i know it's on xbox but i I don't know if there's a playstation equivalent but like the uh quickly being able to to switch between games uh what what do they call that quick resume quick resume Yeah. yeah so i think that would be really cool um from what I, I've heard, there isn't equivalent of that on PlayStation. They there is one. There isn't. There. Oh, there's not. Yeah, okay. like the the load times are still really quick, but it still mm-hmm. puts you through the, uh, you know, like Sony interact, like the publishing and the warnings and everything that come before getting yeah. into the actual game, and that is arguably quicker than what it is but it's not like you can just like suspend games and jump from game to game like on xbox at least for now So that's kind of a bummer hopefully maybe they they are able to do something like that like a patch down the road would be great uh because i think that's just you know it, it doesn't sound like it's that important on paper but when you can just quickly go you know back and forth between games and you know have no no downtime in between like that's that's going to be huge mm-hmm. just you know because people's people are busy now right like the little time that we get to sit down and play games we don't want to be waiting on yeah. load screens or transitions and things like that like we want to be in the games and playing so that's really for me the the big thing now the uh the dual sense i've been hearing some pretty uh pretty high praise for for dual sense coming out of some of these early impressions the the hands-on that some of the influencers and media have been able to test out sounds like that's a pretty cool feature um it it looks like uh the new call of duty game is kind of just really running with that they're having different uh i guess trigger feedbacks to like for each weapon that they have uh, available so i think that's that's pretty impressive that they're they're putting that amount of um detail into it because that's really what it is like the game's still playable without that 
you know, that, that little extra feedback or whatever the, the sort of uh, resistance that it puts on the trigger. So you don't need that, but it is just one of those sort of immersion things that I think is going to enhance gameplay. You know, you get into mm-hmm. something like, you know, the new Horizon uh, Forbidden West when that comes out, right? And using Aloy's bow, like imagine how cool that's going to feel. Mm-hmm. So I think that's going to be really neat. Ultimately, not as important to me as the fast load times, but um, yeah, really, really cool nonetheless. And uh, I think some of just the UI improvements that that are being made, I think, are going to be really, really beneficial. Just kind of creating a little bit more seamless experiences in the the menuing and, and everything like that, I think is going to be really nice. Again, I, I don't know how much I don't have a lot of familiarity with how Xbox's UI is going to work, but I know from like that demo, we saw PlayStation things do work and integrate really well together, mm. um, which I, I think is going to be cool. So just, you know, things like that are going to things that improve that user experience is mm. uh, going to be sort of the forefront rather than necessarily the graphics this time around. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would honestly just echo everything you said all those things you mentioned are what i'm looking forward to as well especially the faster loading times like you said it's busy we're we live busy lives it would be nice to be able to get into those games quicker i am really interested in seeing if and this doesn't affect the the large majority of people but um and I'm, there's a lot of people that just like straight up don't care about this stuff, but there, you know, this current gen of Xbox one PlayStation four, uh, and being able with the popularity of streaming and let's play videos and being able, they, they started this generation, like saying, Hey, you can make, uh, you can capture your own gameplay. Cause that was kind of when those let's play videos were really taking off. Like they'd been around for a while, but like, that was like a, they were at the peak of popularity, right? Um, especially going on YouTube, it was the biggest YouTubers were Markiplier and PewDiePie, and they still are. But that's what people wanted to do is and um, so with this new generation, how can they? And it it depends on companies like Twitch and YouTube and what software they come up with these new consoles to possibly make streaming easier and more accessible but i know there's so many people that want to be able to to stream on on twitch and you can do that on xbox one but like there's so many caveats right like if you want a webcam you need a a playstation camera or a if you're on xbox you need an xbox connect right Mm -hmm. like it's just like that's so dated at this point if there's people that kind of want to get into this space make it more accessible to those people, give them more options, make it more uh, user-friendly and and customizable to what streamers on PCs are able to do with their setups and uh, Twitch alerts, um, you know, having things pop up on the screen, your web cameras, uh, transitions, that kind of stuff. Like, get, again, it's so, it is very niche. It's not something that the vast majority of people really care about but um you know i i have a nephew who's very interested in doing that kind of stuff and he he's streamed on there and i'm sure he'd be ecstatic if it gave him the production quality that you could get running obs on a pc or something like that so um 
that that would be something that I hope continues on. Will it? It's hard to say, but you know, um, give us something more than just a, a janky app that has not seen a lot of support. And that that was the thing with Xbox is they once they started Mixer, the Twitch app on there just like did not receive any more mm-hmm. support and it was like <laughs> you try to broadcast gameplay and it would send you over to mixer and it's like well i want to stream on twitch so it's like yeah it, it, it it's something that i thought was really cool going into the, this gen but then it kind of died off midway through and so i i'm i want to try out and see what that would look like because um yeah, like I, I have my, I'm gonna have my PC, and yeah, I could bring in my PlayStation Five, hook it up to my monitors up in in my office and stuff. But like, it would be great if I could get and stream it off off my PlayStation Five and get that same kind of production value that I could on my PC. So that would be neat. And then I I booted up my PS4 the other day and I saw PlayStation Five Remote Play on as one mm-hmm. of the tiles on there. I was like, what the heck? And so I, I Googled it and was like, what is this? Even though I kind of suspected what it was. And yeah, basically it's turning your PS4 into a piece of hardware that's able to stream your your PS5 using remote yeah. play, right? Yeah, that's really cool. Which is awesome because if you have, you know, a couple TVs in your house, maybe you have a TV in the bedroom or downstairs or whatever, you can now basically have two PS5s in the sense of like you can only run it, it's, it's it's all it's doing is taking the picture and outputting it to onto your PS4 through remote play but that's still pretty neat right um i hope that it works as intended right there's probably going to be some latency issues um it's not going to be as good as playing it on the PS5 traditionally but uh more stuff like that. You know, we see Xbox doing a lot of that. I want that to continue and I really want PlayStation to to play along in the the streaming world. Um will they? I don't know. <laughs> um but I don't I don't even necessarily think they need to come up with their own service that's like XCloud or Stadia or whatever, but just support that more, right? Like we have all these screens in front of us. We have laptops, tablets, phones, uh, Chromecast, smart TVs, just make it so that we can, you know, get, have some more accessibility there of being able to throw up our game on, on different screens. And, um, I, I, I think that is the way of the future and I'm glad that Xbox is doing that, but I would like to see that more from the other two Nintendo and PlayStation. So, yeah, I agree. Um, I think the problem is that Sony, they're so into proprietary hardwares yeah. that like I just don't think it's ever gonna happen. They're just gonna no. they're gonna keep continuing uh, forcing people to use pr- proprietary hardware because it, I mean it works. Like they don't really have a need to go out and and allow people to just kind of play on whatever device they have around. Um, you know, although you know we see it a little bit with smartphones and stuff, but. Yeah, having to have that PS4 to be able to, you know, play games on another TV. Like, I mean, granted, it it gives me a reason to keep my PS4, yeah, which is kind of nice because before I'm like, I don't I don't know what the hell to do with this thing. Like, I can't really take it in to trade it in anywhere. I mean, I guess I could try and sell it, but 
Um, yeah, so now I kind of have a reason to keep it around because I, I could definitely see myself using that, mm -hmm. that feature. So totally. So s talking a little bit about streaming, I guess the, the last kind of discussion point I want to finish off this topic is, is streaming services, big topic of converse conversation in the video game industry. We saw Google throw their hat in the ring with launching Stadia last year. Um, <laughs> I mean, we each have our, our own opinions on that, but I would I will say it's it's likely that the vast majority of people still don't see really any incentive to to get Stadia. Um, they're they're struggling over there. Uh, XCloud, on the other hand, if if are they still calling it formally XCloud? I think so. I think so too. Yeah, I I wasn't sure because I know that there was like an XCloud app app or game xbox game streaming app and it was very much advertised as x, x cloud but then when they launched that out of beta and put it with game pass and everything like that i wasn't sure if anyways they're obviously killing it over there i mean they're they're not only are they getting more support of devices and stuff um hopefully one day apple will play nice nicely with them but um, you know, they're, they're coming, they're partnering with like Razer with a Kishi controller, right? Mm -hmm. Um, basically making it so that, Hey, if you don't own an Xbox, you can still play Xbox games and play games on game pass. I think that such a fantastic move on their part. And I think they out of everyone are headed in the right direction. I think they probably have the mo the most like experience with this to, to evolve it and make it more. Because I will say, I, w I do use xCloud from time to time when I'm lying in bed and I'm playing a specific Xbox or Game Pass game. And, you know, I do run into from time to time some some lag uh, and some latency issues. And, you know, it, it it's not anything that hinders my experience to a point where I'm like, well, I don't even want to play anymore. But it, it's a little, it can be annoying at times, right? So... I hope that in the, you know, they keep improving that to the point where it just works no matter what, right? To the point that it, it's matching, and I'm not saying like resolutions and everything, but like just how it performs and, and how it reacts to your button inputs and everything. It, it matches that of a traditional console or something like that. Um, and then there's Luna, recently announced this year, Amazon. And honestly, they are kind of doing a similar thing to Stadia, but not, right? They're doing the the channels of the subscription services of like you subscribe to the Luna channel, you get all these games that are part of it. And then we're probably going to see third-party developers like uh, I think Ubisoft already confirmed mm -hmm. as one. And they're going to have all these different channels. Um, <laughs> great money making <laughs> for, for them, <laughs> not as consumer friendly but i would argue that it's better than stadia because stadia i'm paying 80 dollars for cyberpunk and it i don't even own like an install of it right like it i'm streaming it still right whereas luna it's like i'm paying that amount so maybe i'm more forgiving if a game isn't performing as well because it's like well i only paid five dollars this month for 100 plus games right so what what are your thoughts on streaming? Like, do you think it is really going to be 
the future are are we still like a ways out from it being more mainstream so i i think it i think it is still the way to go for the future gaming i think uh there's there's still a very reasonable um expectation that this is going to be the last generation of traditional console hardware um aside from you know I could see Sony and Nintendo continuing to just kind of do their own thing, keep producing hardware. But I think, um, you know, as long as these streaming options remain um, accessible to people, uh, you know, keep finding ways to make it uh, cost effective, you know, not mm. having these, uh, you know, big pricey boxes to to purchase, I think you know, kind of all adds up, you know, you, you take out things like now, granted, we're kind of seeing this with the new consoles too, but when you take out things like install times and uh, updates and, and things like that, where you, you, you just pick the game you want to play and then boom, you're playing it. Um, you know, so it is adding that convenience factor, being able to play on, you know, basically any device in your house, you know, again, adding that convenience being able to take things on the go. Granted, you got to have an internet connection when you go out, but mm -hmm. uh, being able to take things on the go. So, I mean, I, I think there's still a real path for these, these services to these streaming services to become the new way right. that people really do their gaming. So um, I think right now we're, you know, we're just in the testing grounds at this point. Like it's all, it's all basically betas until yeah. something really effectively works. And I think xCloud is uh, probably doing the best job of it right now, you know, especially because they have that, that Game Pass library that you can uh, take advantage of. If you have Xbox games, you bought, you know, games from the uh, Microsoft store, you know, you have, you have a library, uh, fully fledged library right off the bat, basically. And again, that's kind of what Luna's doing too. You know, you subscribe and then you, you're getting these full-fledged libraries. But um, I had actually signed up to take part in the Luna, you know, testing right. beta oh, yeah, or whatever right. it was called. Yeah. And uh, I unfortunately didn't get selected. So I wasn't able to, you know, test out and see how things really, uh, you know, were functioning on there. But, uh, you know, pricing ultimately is, is again, is going to be a big factor. Like how much are you paying to subscribe to these channels? Mm -hmm. And, but in the end, I mean, you could be subscribed to several channels over the course of how many years before it adds up to the cost of a new box. You know what I yeah. mean? Uh, but then the question becomes, you know, are you going to be able to play big trip away games, you know, brand new big releases on these services? And again, it kind of comes down to, with Luna, what channels you're subscribed to or with Stadia, whether or not you're willing to uh, spend the money for the game. So I, I think it's all going to come down to the adoption of it. Yeah. But I, I think eventually we're going to reach a point where it just becomes too convenient and, and too cost effective. Yeah. And that's going to be, you know, what takes over the market share in gaming. Yeah, for sure. One, one last note before we, I end off this topic is uh, with Amazon Luna, I think one way that they can break into the mainstream audience um, with it, maybe people who aren't really 
into video games, they don't really see the need to purchase a $500 console and everything like that. They enjoy playing games, but they're not looking for that experience. I think if they just did something as simple as like, hey, if you have Amazon Prime, you get three months of Luna for free or like just getting them in. That's all they need to do, right? It's just, and then they start automatically billing those people, right? Of the, once your trial's over and then they're set. Um, Cause they, their Amazon really doesn't need to push for the, the profits as much as maybe other companies. But of course that's their main objective um, is to make money. So they're, they're not going to crap out on that, but they have way more flexibility, I think, with that stuff because they have a huge user base in, in their, their services with Prime and Audible and Twitch Prime and all the other th- Prime Video, you know, like they, they have all of these, these things that have built up and most people are already in that. Um, and so they could really break some ground because if there's people that don't care about PlayStation 5 and then they get their hands on what games are like maybe it's been 10 15 years since they've played a triple a video game like oh my gosh this is what games are nowadays and you know they could easily pull in pull in people that aren't aren't uh those you know you and me those people that are playing games and stuff like that i think that is where the audience needs to be in general for streaming right for xbox and stadia they need to target that that crowd because yeah i i don't really want to stream a game right now be through stadia or whatever when i can just have a really optimized experience on my playstation 5 or my pc or whatever right it just that doesn't really make sense besides the portability and like you said the installing and and stuff but that that those are things that are hopefully going to disappear as we move forward anyways so all right so I think that pretty much sums up our, our kind of discussion we wanted to have around next gen. Was there anything you wanted to add or are we pretty much good? No, I think we, we pretty much uh, nailed everything that, uh, you know, uh, at least that I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I'm just super excited for it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it when probably depending on when this airs, uh, I might already have it and yeah. be um, face, face deep into it. So yeah, this is going up launch day, so there's going to be lots of people that are listening and, are, like I said, still waiting for their console to arrive or, a, or just got it or whatever. So, um, yeah, I'm sure there's you're 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 living what we're we're dreaming about the the eve before. So, <laughs> all right. Well, before we get into what games we are playing, I wanted to mention games are fun store. So. We have our very own merch. We have a collection of apparel and accessories that we launched back in August. And we have a collection of uh, t-shirts. We have some stickers. We have some mugs all over on gamesarefunpodcast.com. So please head over there. It is a great way to support this podcast. Everything we do for the show is on our own time and on our own dime, right? So if you buy a t-shirt, that is helping support this show and fun future projects that we have planned. Um, so that's the, the, the best way to kind of support us financially. And, you know, if you do that, you get a, a t-shirt out of it or a sticker or whatever. So, you know, there's a bit of an exchange there. And we just launched last month 
uh, some new designs. We have a long sleeve shirt up there for, you know, those people up here in Canada with me or those colder climates. Uh, you you might want to stock up on, on something a little warmer. So we have a 3D kind of the retro blue and red 3D design um, for a long sleeve. We have our graffiti logo tee that was in the initial store launch in black and white. And we also have a spaced out alien tee is the title of this t-shirt. It was designed by my friend Andrew Bardecki. And I mentioned on last week's show, I think it was, that uh, the color was a little bit washed out and almost looked like pastel color and not what was shown in the actual picture. So... Uh, I did want to mention one more time that if you did purchase that shirt and you're not happy with it, please contact Teespring support. I contacted them about that issue and they said that there was like uh, some sort of production issue with that and they looked into it and they're sending new prints. So I'm hoping that these new prints match kind of what that color is supposed to look like. But at any rate, please go over to gamesarefunpodcast.com, pick up a shirt, support the podcast and, you know, maybe buy someone a, a Christmas present. Uh, that's a you know a good we got to get those it's crazy that we're like so close to christmas it reminds me (laughs) i need to get on my uh christmas list and and pick up some stuff so please head over there the link is also in this episode's description so you can click on that and it will take you right to the site so one more time games are fun podcast.com all right what we are playing so I'm going to, is it, if, it's, if it's all right with you, I, mean, I think I'm going to go first just because I don't have too much sure. to add on. I, well, well, what I'll do is I'll talk about Amnesia and Hotshot Racing, and then I'll turn it over to you, and then maybe after you, I'll, I'll talk about Bug Snacks. Um, so Amnesia Rebirth, all I have to say is I'm still playing that game, and it is scary. <laughs> so <laughs> I have been playing it in small play sessions, and I've gotten to a point where... Like, I, I played the game for, like, three or four hours, or no, probably, like, three hours at the most uh, when I reported last week's episode. But I'm now at the point where, and that, that was when, before, like, any real enemies started showing up, and it was still really scary. And now the enemies are starting to show up, and, yeah, it's just taking the game to a whole nother level, and I, I was playing it the other night, and I just had to, like, okay... I'm going to turn this off now because this is too intense for me. <laughs> so still having a lot of fun with that. And I'm honestly just waiting of like, you know, it to just play it on my PS5. Right. Um, Cause I bought it digitally. I'll just be on there. So that's the plan for that. And then I also started playing hotshot racing, which is on game pass. It's kind of like this arcade racing game uh, with a very simple kind of vector style graphics um, I think Garrett talked about it maybe a month ago when it first came to Game Pass. And the game is really, really solid and, and quite fun. So if you're looking for a game that is it, like all it is is a racing game. There's not a lot to it. Um, but I, I found it to be quite fun. Great music. I know Garrett said that he actually knows the person who, who produced the music for it. And yeah, it's a really solid game. If you're looking for something to play with your kids or um, with a friend or something like that, like it's, it, it, it's fun. It's not the level of like Mario Kart fun, but I played it with Meg and we were having a fun time um, with it. So I definitely recommend it. it's on Game Pass. So uh, check it out 
but yeah, I, it was it was one of those things where I just was like looking for something on Game Pass and something that was kind of mindless and didn't have to think about too much. And yeah, really, really fun game. So I would highly recommend that. Um, all right, I'll turn it over to you and then I'll talk about Bucksnax. So what have you been playing? Uh, so I don't have too much to add here. I've been playing uh, some Final Fantasy XIV, um, some more. <clears throat> just kind of leveling up some classes. Uh, I've actually been going through clearing uh, some older content that I'd never gotten around to before. And uh, Steven and I, him and uh, some people he's been kind of partying up with, uh, I've joined in a couple of those where we're just kind of going through some of the um, some harder fights. Uh, they're called ex Extreme Trials from... Uh, some of the older content that we can do without like full full party setups um, to, to hunt mounts. So, uh, you know, it's collecting different like birds and wolf mounts that you can ride around and fly around on. Um, so we've been collecting some of those. Um, so, yeah, that's been fun. And then, uh, as I mentioned a little earlier, I've been playing Sakuna of Rice and Ruin, um, which is you, you said it perfectly last night in the stream it's it's an adam ass game uh and it totally is it's it's one of those things where you know it's that blend of you know like a, a combat game but it's also like a sort of like a life sim like farming farming type game i will say the farming elements are a bit on the light side um because you're really only uh you're really only cultivating rice you're not you know planting veggies or uh, fruits or anything like that you're just harvesting rice and you do collect other ingredients and stuff as, as you go out and you you know battle enemies and stuff you um you know you get meats you get herbs you get salt you get all sorts of stuff and then some of those you can combine to make other items and then you use that for uh cooking which gives you certain bonuses throughout the day so that you can you know get you know hp buffs or you know, attack or defense or whatever. And there's a hunger meter, so you can't just run out and uh, sort of just do everything. That that meal that you make, that dinner that you make, kind of sustains you through through the next day. That your uh, what it does is it, it kind of lets you uh, regenerate health when you're outside of battle. And then as soon as your hunger meter drops down to zero, you no longer have that regenerative effect. So um, you kind of kind of have to be careful, um, you know, keep an eye on it, because if you hit that and you start taking a lot of damage, you could die and um, nobody wants to die. So although it, <laughs> it seems like the penalty for dying isn't that steep, um, at least from what I've seen, maybe maybe there's more to it later in the game, but it seems to just kind of reset me back to the start of the stage whenever I do, whenever I do die. So uh, it doesn't really seem like that big of a deal. Um, but yeah, it's just something you got to keep an eye out for. I will say the, the farming, like I said, it's, it's just rice, but it is pretty complex. Uh, there's different set, like there, there's an easy setting if you want, or there's just the default, which is what I chose. I'm not sure what easy looks like, but when you're on default, there's actually a lot of care that you have to take into cultivating your rice. You know, you have to, um, you do things sort of in seasons. So you have your four seasons, but it's a little weird because each season is only three days. So you have a short amount of time 
in each season to do whatever it is that you need to do. But, um, you know, you start by tilling the soil, you, you plant your seeds, um, you're, you know, just kind of daily, you're pulling weeds out of there to, you know, make sure that the weeds aren't taken over. Uh, and then it gets to a point where you have to, you sort of create your own fertilizer and you use the fertilizer to give nutrients, which kind of give your rice buffs. And uh, when you level up at the end of the year, when you harvest your crop, um, that's where your character levels up. And, you know, your your stats or your level is based on how good your rice ultimately turned out. So kind of interesting how that works. <laughs> um it's so yeah it's 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 once a year um i've only made it through one season so far so i'm in the middle of my second season so I'll, I'll, the first season it doesn't have you do anything with the fertilizer you didn't have to till the soil so first season is pretty simple you just plant the rice and you got to make sure that there's you know an appropriate amount of water in like your your little rice field your your rice ditch that you have um so you got to have the right uh, appropriate amounts of water. You don't want too little. You don't want too much. Um, and, and the amount is essentially based on how big your crops are. So the bigger they get, the more water you want to have in there. Um, there's plenty, there's a lot of collectibles you can get. There's, uh, you know, you can upgrade and, and craft new weapons, new, um, new clothing, hats and masks, all that have their own sort of different benefits. Like I have, uh, I think it's a mask that will detect when there's treasures nearby. So when I'm out doing the sort of exploration and combat, um, it, it'll kind of let me know when I'm near a treasure chest. I will say the uh, combat is, it's fun. I, I like the combat a lot. There's some neat grappling mechanics. There's uh, some some active skills that you can learn. I think there might be some magic that shows up later. I haven't really gotten into that too much, but there is a magic stat. So be interesting to see, um, you know, how that works or what that does. But I've got, I've unlocked several skills that I've been able to equip, which has been pretty neat. Uh, I've fought some bosses. The bosses are, are tough. I'll say that. I, I don't know if maybe there's, certain mechanics I'm, I'm missing and I'm just trying to go like brute force and, and I'm doing it all wrong. But <laughs> in the end I've beaten two bosses that way somehow. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the combat's been pretty fun, but the, I, I'll say so far the variety of enemies hasn't been uh, very big. I feel like I'm kind of fighting the same like rabbits and, and boars kind of uh, pretty frequent pigs, pig type things. I guess that would also be boars, but uh, I did fight a like a deer type enemy, which was pretty interesting fight. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I I sort of wish if there was something negative about it, really, I would say uh, is the repetitive enemy types. Uh, the the combat's still fun regardless, but I think the main thing for me is that it's it's not so much like when you think like stardew valley right like you can just kind of do whatever you want uh you don't have to go battle anything you don't even really have to, to to farm anything if you don't want you can just go around and you know uh chat up the citizens and pick up some honeys or whatever 
but in in this game you it does pretty much force you to do both sets of mechanics it it really because you rely on the rice and your food to allow you to go out and fight uh you know get your bonuses your buffs for the next day and if you don't go out and fight and and explore and collect things then you're not going to have enough materials to make your your meals so it really does kind of force you into uh to both things and it's not you know it's one of the things i really like about stardew valley and animal crossing is just it's it's a very relaxing play at your own pace this is um not quite like that it you know because your your days feel very short so you kind of have to be really focused on what you're going to do for the day um once nighttime hits the the monsters get insanely strong and they'll take you out real quick so pretty much once nighttime hits uh, you you kind of have to go back to your your home and and do your you know dinner and rest for the next day or you could use that time to work on your um, on your on your crop if you wanted to so yeah I I wish it was maybe a little slower pace so I could just kind of take you know do things as I felt like um, but overall I'm really enjoying the game it is you know that mesh of of mechanics that I love and I'm very much looking forward to playing more of that game nice yeah i uh i was very entertained watching it on on stream yesterday but i don't think it's my type of game per se but i it, the art style was the first thing that really mm. was quite impressive to me before I, you even got into really playing the game and everything i was quite impressed with uh the visuals of it they uh yeah, the 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 yeah. style they went for, I felt like they were executed really well. So. Yeah, the art style is really cool. I like it. It's very charming. Uh, the music also very charming. I I love it. There's a lot of you know, when you're just kind of like sitting at your home and stuff, very sort of that traditional Japanese sounding uh, music, and you know, it's pretty pretty soothing, pretty cal- calming. So I yeah, I really like the uh, the the music. I like the art. Um, I was also affectionately given the the title of Rice Daddy by uh, a friend of the show <laughs> Nishan, uh, which I love. <laughs> so yep, I am I am the uh, the Rice Daddy. I had a little oh, a little bag of rice as as my prop as I was streaming. It was it was fun. It was a good time. That's hilarious. Right on. Are you going to stream more of it? Do you think or probably? I would like to. Um, it, it's it. It's definitely a game that I I had a lot of fun streaming. I would like to stream more, but now you know PS Five is exactly, coming out tomorrow, yeah. and you know all the games that come with that. And then I want to pick up Yakuza here in the near future. So uh, we'll see. I I would definitely like to stream more of it though. And I mean, uh, you're building your PC, so you know Phasmophobia. I got to get into some more. Right got to get corner, you in man. on that game. <laughs> yeah, gotta join up the Ghost Bros. Um, so, so yeah, I, it's something I want to do. It's just finding the time to do it. I only get to stream so many times a week. Yeah, so yeah. Um, if I can, I definitely want to do some more. Yeah, fair enough. Cool. All right. Well, I'll talk a little bit about Bug Snacks. Uh, talk about Bug Snacks. <laughs> um, <laughs> Everyone's talking about Bug Snacks. Yeah. So, like I said, I only have played about an hour. on And 
so you know take everything i say with just like a, a grain of salt because i'm very early on i literally kind of just got into like where this game's narrative is starting to like unfold i guess it's kind of done i'm past the introductory phase of how to catch these bug snacks and stuff but uh yeah so just a quick overview of the game first of all i, I should mention one more time that the code was provided to me by pop agenda um to do impressions and i will give a, a better review of this game in the future when i actually get the time to to play more of it like i said i've only had it for like a couple nights here so um so yeah i'm playing the ps4 version obviously most people are going to be playing ps5 because it's through playstation plus so uh one of the things that i've heard but haven't really been able to compare it is uh, the load times on ps4 are not not like insane or anything like that but um i'm obviously they're going to be a lot faster on the ps5 but it already has that kind of cartoonish graphic style so it's not like it's going to be like it's probably just going to play in a higher frame rate so it's going to look better but it's not like any it's not like game changing or anything like that between the two platforms so um yeah basically bug snacks is you play as this journalist who is being invited to um, this island and uh, where there's these bug snack creatures kind of roaming about. And that's kind of what you get. The, the, oh, I got to pull up the name because the names are so absurd of these characters and stuff. So just give me one <laughs> sec to pull up the character. But in that first trailer, we saw that kind of like, uh, I don't know, like Safari, Nature Doc type of character uh what's her name uh let's see here sorry guys um where is it here do 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 elizabeth elizabeth megafig <laughs> so i wasn't lying when i said it was a really obscure name so elizabeth megafig is this um explorer who basically at the beginning of the game shows off this island snack tooth island has all these bug snack creatures that are half bug half snack and she's inviting you this journalist to come over to um, document these bug snacks and share their capabilities with the world and so you get there and find out that elizabeth has gone missing and uh, her assistant philbo is who's voiced by um, <laughs> the same person who voices spider-man uh, yuri Oh, nice. Yeah, I can't remember his last name, but... Uh, was it Lowenthal? Yeah, yeah, that's right. it. That's it. Um, so he's voiced by that. Hilarious. Uh, his dialogue and delivery on stuff is super funny. He's the kind of, like, comedic foil to the game. And um, he, you come across him, and you basically discover that Elizabeth has gone missing, and all the the citizens of this island have basically um you know have like that rejoined her on an expedition have kind of scattered as well right and so i'm kind of just under the process of getting these people and like rebuilding this town um that oh i it, it basically i i don't know exactly why everyone's gone missing but your your job is to do that and to basically go around and do these quests for these people which is basically consists of 
catching bug snacks and bringing them back to the people so they can eat them and have their armor leg turn into like that that food it's real it's really ridiculous but i mean <laughs> you just had to see the trailer to know it was going to be that kind of game so yeah in the, the the bit i've played i've been able they they kind of basically did the introduction of how to catch bug snacks and kind of like how they can be spooked and how you can use like sauce like there's some bug snacks that react and love ketchup right so you have like a slingshot that shoots ketchup and the bug snacks will like be attracted to it and so you can kind of lure them into your trap or whatever um and so all the bug snacks are like some type of food um and their names are like a pun of that food there some of them are more clever than others i will will say there's some that i'm like Man, that's a bit of a stretch that you're going for with this, <laughs> this, this bug snack or whatever. But it's, uh, it's, it doesn't like we're, we we talked about uh, Ratchet and Clank, a game that doesn't necessarily take itself seriously. That is bug snacks in a nutshell, right? It it knows how whimsical it is and how ridiculous its plot is, but it's you know it, it commits to it and it's quite fun. Um, just going and trying to catch the different bug snacks. And it's a bit of a puzzle game in that sense that you have to kind of like come up with some sort of method in luring these bug snacks. And, you know, uh, there's this bug snack. I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically a burger that, uh, and they're kind of like Pokemon. Like it walks around, it's like burger, 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 burger. <laughs> and it has like curly fries for legs and it will like come up to you and like bounce you like way up into the air and stuff and so uh i've had some like really funny moments that have happened where like uh i've i've seen two of these things like run into each other and just constantly be stuck in this loop of like they're trying to like they they're, they're like all disoriented from being bounced back and running into each other and then they're like kind of walking around again and then they bounce into each other again they just are absolutely <laughs> ridiculous so it, i've had some huge laughs of just watching these things like go about their business and stuff and um um like there's a, a spider for example that is uh like the body of the spider is like a, a cup and the legs are like french fries so it's a frider and so it will like walk around and be like frider 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 and it's <laughs> it's it's absolutely hilarious and it's super ridiculous but it is the perfect game for like if you just want to jump into a game and have some like fun and not not have to like listen to like super heavy dialogue or whatever right you're just in there to have a fun time and and catch some bug snacks so i i genuinely think a lot of people are gonna like this game um the developers said that some of their inspiration for the this game were games like pokemon snap and that comes into play where you basically have a camera and you scan these bug snacks and it kind of shows like the path that they they wander and so you can kind of set up your trap based on the path it will basically highlight like these arrows and kind of like the path that it will walk and so you can kind of set up your traps to, you know, um, you have to scan them for first. And so that's kind of like the Pokemon Snap inspiration from it and, and kind of the luring, right? Like in Pokemon Snap, when you'd have to throw things to get certain Pokemon to come closer so you could take a picture of them. It's the same thing, right? Using ketchup or whatever 
to bring the bug snacks closer to you so you can get a chance to catch them, right? So, and then Dark Cloud was another game that was inspired. uh, And I basically where that comes from is when you go to this town, everyone's gone from it, right? And for those who haven't played Dark Cloud, basically there's some, I don't need to go into explaining Dark Cloud and the plot, but basically this whole town disappears and you recover different pieces of the town and rebuild the town. It's very similar to that um, in, in taking that kind of idea of, everyone's gone and so you're you're doing these quests and bringing back the different residents and stuff like that by feeding them box snacks so it's absolutely hilarious and i can't wait for for you and and for everyone else to play it um because it's a lot of fun and the game has this awesome soundtrack like the i literally just had the game on pause and i was just listening to the music i'm like man this is just uh I don't know. It's kind of like lo-fi. I don't know. The the beats slap. They're awesome and definitely match perfect with like the tone and atmosphere that the game is set in. So, yeah, I am really excited to to play more. I'm probably gonna honestly play a little bit more tonight, and then um, yeah, I'll, I'll obviously jump in on PS5 when I get that chance to to boot it up on there. But um, if you are getting a PlayStation Five. It's going to be on PlayStation Plus. Please give this game a a try, even if it looks kind of silly and it maybe not. You're you're more into shooters or RPGs, and you're not typically into these smaller indie games. Just give it a chance because I I guarantee you'll you'll have some fun out of it. Um, but yeah, still early to to talk about the game as a whole and. I don't really have any critiques because I haven't really experienced everything yet. So I don't know what what's coming my way. There could be some things that I don't necessarily, but even in that first hour, once I kind of got through the tutorial stage, like that was, that was a lot of fun for me. So yeah, really exciting that uh, you'll, you'll be able to check that out this, this weekend and hopefully next episode you'll, you'll be able to give some impressions on it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying it out. Sounds sounds like a good time. Yeah, definitely. So again, thank you, Papa Jennifer, for supplying that code. And I do plan on doing a, a better review with that. But like I said, just not enough time. All right, let's move into question of the week. So last week I asked you guys, uh, let me bring it up here. So basically, I ask you, what is your primary way of playing video games, console or PC? So first, starting over on Twitter, uh, we got some responses from uh, Brian Peckin. He says, I would say console, but I would need to see my Settlers of Catan metrics on my tablet. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Danny says, console right now because I'm living in my fiance's house while we have work done on mine. Once we move into my house, I'll be going back to a mix of PC and console. Uh, Assemble says console smiley face and then steven at lordly kings dot says i'm playing a lot on the pc lately with only the switch as a console at this point and then the solar gamer podcast says both question mark and then nishan says console that being said the few pc games i've given a go look and play stunningly 
Um, and then I think I might have gotten a response over here on Facebook. So let me just pull that up here. Uh, here it is. Yeah, one response from Jeremy Soderberg who says, if I say I'm about 50-50, but I've been slowly changing to PC. So uh, a good mix, honestly. I thought it would, yeah. we'd be more on the console side of things because... Uh, I think that's what more people probably have, but yeah, good mix of, of both. Um, now we've kind of talked about this already on this show, actually, when we were talking about choosing what platforms to play on, um, for myself, I have no other option, but console, but you know, in the coming weeks, we'll see how much I transition over to PC compared to console. Um, the, the real test for me will be when, bigger AAA games come out and you know when I decide it, it, it'll, I'll really have to like obviously see what my PC is capable of um, and what I've installed in it and where I can kind of max that out and where that will be in a year or two and you know getting my hands on the PS5 and, and being able to compare that that'll really be the the telltale on that but how about you Adam uh yeah so it's it's Kind of, as was mentioned in one of the comments, was uh, kind of making that shift to PC from console. Because um, I've, you know, growing up, I've always been, you know, a console gamer. And it's only just been recently, you know, I built my PC. And 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 for the first time, it's for more than just a Final Fantasy MMO. Yeah. And, you know, really branching out and playing some other things. So, it, yeah, it's it's definitely starting to shift. Although... Uh, with the PS5 and all the you know great exclusives that are going to come out to it, I'm definitely still going to be uh, heavily invested in that, as well as Switch. You know, once more Nintendo's first-party games start coming out, um, I'm going to remain invested in the Switch. So you know, it maybe not quite the the 50/50 uh, that one of the other uh, commenters had mentioned, but um, you know, maybe right now I'm kind of as of right now, probably 70, 30 in favor of PC, but I, I could see that starting to even out a little bit with, uh, the new, uh, PS five. Right. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, time to issue a new question. So by the time we get to, to an answering answer, reading your guys's replies, rather, you guys will probably have played some next gen games, including Bug Snacks and Miles Morales and Demon Souls and and the such. So, we wanted to ask you guys what has been your favorite next gen game so far. So you can respond by hitting us up on Twitter where we post the question at Games Are Fun Pod or on our Facebook page, Facebook.com/slash Games Are Fun Podcast. I would like to oh. maybe expand on that a little sure. bit if I could. Yeah. Just knowing that some people aren't going to be able to get the consoles. And then we have other games that have just come out that sort of straddle that line between previous gen and next gen, like your Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So uh, if you've played games like that on the new console or um, maybe you're just watching a streamer play it because you don't have the consoles yet, you know, maybe weigh in with some of those experiences. Yeah, no, absolutely. Great addition there for sure. Uh, yeah, hit us up. Uh, you can also join our Discord server, invite.gg slash games are fun. 
uh, we post a question on there. You can answer on any of those platforms and we'll, we'll read your responses on the next uh, major episode of games are fun. So great. Thank you so much to everyone respond. We really appreciate it. We got great engagement this week. So thank you so much to everyone who responded to that. We really appreciate it. And that is going to conclude this episode of games are fun. So thank you so much for listening. Adam, where can people keep up with you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Twitch at AdamPalooza85. I'm getting super, super close to the uh, 50 follower mark on Twitch, which will start getting me, um, it'll get me one of the milestones towards uh, hitting affiliate status. So anybody listening, if you could, please, I would really appreciate the follows. Um, so, so yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, please go give Adam a follow. Like he's like literally like, only like what five six seven away from affiliate six, six away right now yeah i'm at yeah. 44 out of 50 so uh i still need on top of that I'll, I'll still need like my average viewer count to go up sure. so uh anyone that wants to you know come in and lurk uh you know that would be super appreciated i know uh whenever i was playing sakuna we did have some some pretty good in- engagement some pretty fun chat um so i mean that was always fun i'm always happy to to talk to you guys so awesome yeah you can follow me on twitter at luke allen arm and please give me a follow over on twitch.tv slash luke the llama i probably won't be streaming like in in even after i get my pc built because uh, i'm gonna have to get a second monitor and and really get everything set up before i get myself into streaming on pc but that has been like the biggest thing that i'm the most excited for is having the capability of streaming from my pc and stuff so uh give me a follow twitch.tv slash luke the llama and like i said follow the show on twitter at games are fun pod um also on Instagram at games are fun pod, facebook.com slash games are fun podcast. Uh, the discord is invite.gg slash games are fun. And if you want to email us anything, you can email us at contact at games are fun podcast.com. All right. This concludes this episode of games are fun. I hope everyone who is going to be playing on their next gen consoles has a great weekend with those new games. And if you don't have a next gen console quite yet, I hope that uh, you enjoy whatever you're going to be playing this weekend. So, uh, yeah, everyone, have a great rest of your week. And thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll talk to you later.